TBCC episode 66, my realization of the day. The film we're talking about today depicts scenes of a war-torn country and a house haunted with more ghouls than Hotel Transylvania. However, brown people know that the scariest part of this movie truly is being watched by a white person while shopping in a clothing store. Shit never ends well, especially not these days. Creepy witch man? Kinda scary. A Karen screaming with a phone in her hand? Terrifying. My heart would have stopped. But more on that in a bit. Let's go ahead and start the show. Hello, hello. It is your boy, Devon Taylor, a.k.a. underscore Daddy Disco, and this is the Blay Blunt Cinema Club. This is a podcast focusing on horror movies where we dive into the subgenres and franchises of the horror genre. Sitting across from me, back from um, his sick day last episode, it is Garrett McDowell. I have been tended to. My wounds have been healed. I'm feeling great. Uh, definitely missed having that conversation last week. I hope it went well. Uh, and yeah, I'm excited to be back talking horror. Uh, and I'm excited that my throat, I don't want to like rip it out and throw it across the room right now. I'm feeling great. <laughs> Good. I'm, I'm so glad that you're feeling better. Um, it was definitely, um, you were definitely missed. It would have been um, fun, you know, because it was, uh, Abby is a very silly movie. Um, <laughs> and, you know, yeah. so we, we had a silly time talking about it. Yeah. Um, and and I, I don't know if you've listened to any of the episode or not, but. Um, whenever I mm -hmm. said that you were sick, the way I said it, like s sounded like that you were dead. <laughs> I was yeah. like, I was like, Garrett is not with us. And I oh, go, wait, man. I was like, no, he is with us. He's but. not with us anymore. Got to find a new co-host. I'm actually back from the dead. That's our angle that we have on this podcast is I'm actually like an old Victorian ghost. <laughs> you know, that, that was like, I mean, kind of, I, I was gonna, whenever I was going to do more YouTube channel stuff, mm -hmm. I had an idea and I don't know, I might still do this idea yeah. at some point i think it'd be fun mm -hmm. the my like angle to like reviewing yeah. like was going to be that my producer is the devil ah but it's just like a voice nice. like yeah. a, a voice off camera yeah and he's like, like reviewing horror and he's like ah that's not how we actually do things in the underworld like know? yeah <laughs> and he would have been my off the camera banter person and that's it hilarious. like had like a whole storyline of like him uh baiting me into this contract and like all this <laughs> stuff so like that that was that was that was an idea and who knows it might still happen well you might want to edit this part out so nobody steals your idea okay hey you know what i've realized i've seen it's so funny i've like seen whenever i see movies because like i get worried whenever i tweet out like movie ideas mm -hmm. that i have mm -hmm. you know because i mean i'm constantly thinking of them and like yeah um i i get worried that like yeah somebody's gonna see my tweet and like read like do a movie but like it, it also has had the, I've had those times though where mm -hmm. it's I like something comes out and I've never put posted about it publicly and it's yeah. just like kind of goes to show you it's just like you know no idea is like truly unique and creative it's just who yeah. can think of it first sure <laughs> I, I my toxic trait is whenever I go see a movie and I have never written a screenplay in my life I, I watch a movie and I'm like 
if I was going to make a movie, it'd be like this one. And let's like think of like no effort involved and all that. Just me thinking of like, I could probably, I could probably do this, even though if I was to take a swing at any movie, it would be absolute nonsense. But yeah, I watched certain kind of movies and like, if I was to try my hand at filmmaking, it would be something in this mm-hmm. kind of, in this kind of realm. Uh, not to say that the movie that we're talking about this week, or even the one that you guys talked about that week, uh, last week would, would be that movie. But, um, uh, so probably maybe some of the others that we'll, uh, maybe get to, uh, in this, uh, in the show that we're doing. Yeah. Well, before we get into the, um, main movie for the episode, yeah. um, which by the way is his house mm-hmm. released in 2020 on Netflix. Um, we are continuing our journey through black horror cinema, um, this fine February, but yeah, you didn't get to uh, talk Abby with us. And I do want to know like just what your, uh, general feelings about it were. Cause we had a, again, yeah. like we had a really fun time. Like it, it, Abby is two of my favorite things in the world, you know, chaotic seventies horror <laughs> and then, uh, exorcism possession movies. Yeah. Those are two of my favorite things in horror. So them combined, um, was, was a treat. Uh, what'd you, how'd you feel about it? You know, black exploitation is a, is a subgenre in film that I'm not overly familiar with it, but anytime that I've taken the dive in, I've just been more and more fascinated by it. Cause it's mm-hmm. such this specific flavor of, of movies and black exploitation oh, yeah. horror is even more specific. Uh, and watching this, it is so silly and it's so fun. Uh, but it's got this kind of wonderful, ridiculous spirit to it uh, and how it predates a lot of uh, cliches found in horror movies, but then subverts them in kind of a weird way, too, to where like most of the movie is spent in bars <laughs> where Abby <laughs> is like hitting on men. And it's yep. not like the typical, you know, exorcist haunted house where no. the girl's tied down to a bed. No, she's just like grifting at bars the entire movie. And her husband's like getting cucked and he's yeah. like, please come home. I mean, she's not possessed. <laughs> tied down to beds but she's she's tying something down to bed yeah it's a freaky movie like it's <laughs> yeah. a very like the devil is just super horny in this yeah. movie uh but yeah uh, great appearances from william marshall who of course uh, portrays blackula and another very famous uh black exploitation horror movie but yeah it's just this wonderful kind of bizarre uh, good time the i wish i could have watched like a better version of it because the one that yeah. i watch is on youtube yep i wish i could have seen like a nice high def version of this movie uh because uh, the production on it is is you know a lot of the time movies like this just didn't really have the resources mm-hmm. to have a great production like this so watching something like this there's certain lines and certain moments on like i think it's just because it was on youtube that i'm yeah. like huh what did they say <laughs> yeah there's a there's a couple things where like the contrast gets so bad it's just oh, like the whole just screen like just looks shadows. yellow yeah yeah and um you know but it, i don't know i feel like that also like kind of adds to some of the charm of it totally i would know? love to see something like this at like the new beverly with yeah. like a crowd of people that but would it, be Great. It's probably also the case too, because like you know, one, it's from the seventies. Two, it was a movie yeah. that they were like trying to get rid of. Yeah. Like fucking WB was like send secret agents out trying to destroy these movies. So I bet there's only like a limited amount of prints of it. So hmm, black people and devils and sexuality. I wonder why Warner Brothers <laughs> in the seventies weren't super keen on that movie. Uh, but no. yeah, it's I'm so glad it exists and it kind of flies in the face of a lot of that kind of stuff. And to to see it uh, like uh, persevere through all of the all of the BS of the times is, is fantastic. Yeah, like I mean, it's a it's a yeah. It's 
it's a wacky, bizarre movie. It's super fun. Um, and I think with what it's a great example of, you know, with black exploitation movies and mm-hmm. like, you know, I'm not even super versed in them myself. I yeah. need to watch more black exploitation films. But what I've noticed about the ones that kind of go in these sillier routes, mm-hmm. um, I enjoy because like, even though, you know, Abby, like, yeah, we're just kind of watching possessed Abby having the time of her life. Yeah. Um, you know, doing hot girl shit. <laughs> but um there's still are themes in that movie oh, totally. you know of like you know yeah. like you know um housewives and their suppressed sexuality there's For sure. um the the competitive nature between uh black men and their fathers um there's still themes in there but like mm-hmm. with these sillier ones it, i feel like it's where black exploitation can really shine of being like hey we still are gonna talk about some of these like yeah. prevalent black issues yeah um, and tell a very uniquely black story mm-hmm. while still being able to poke fun at ourselves and have yeah. fun with it, you know, because yeah. like if you just wallow in the trauma uh, and the in the pain all the time, then like, you know, it's, you know, it, it's obviously not fun, but. Yeah, I feel like it's a it's a just a different take to have to be able to yeah. take something and be like, you know, like, hey, we're talking something serious, but we're not taking it super serious. Yeah, the whole genre is, is really fascinating because you can have something like this as well as something like Ganja and Hess, which does uh, lean towards the more serious side, but still does have those fun angles, uh, uh, those fun kind of sensibilities. And then you have something completely ridiculous, like something like Dolomite or something, you know, where it's mostly uh, just focus on sex and violence and language and uh it's mostly just trying to give people a a, a good time and it's super Mm -hmm. cheesy but yeah even within that there's still some depth and some some deeper ideas and deeper themes to to be mined from that while you're also having just a a fun time just laughing at this movie but yeah i would love to see this with a crowd and 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 see like a nice print of this and it's a it's a shame that it, it is kind of not um continued to uh gain the momentum of something like superfly or you know or even Ganjin Hess, which are these more popular movies, because mm-hmm. I, I don't know about you, but when it was uh, when uh, it was recommended that we talk about this movie, I was like, I'd never heard of it before. So I was excited to kind of discover uh, this, this movie that's just kind of been hidden away for the past 50 years. It was great to uncover that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Abby is shouted out in the uh, documentary Horror Noir. Yeah. Which um, is the history terrific. of black cinema. Yeah. Um, if you, yeah, if you have not watched that, definitely check it out. It's mm-hmm. on Shutter. I yeah. think they also have a version like with a, a producer's commentary yeah. as well. Yeah. It's one of my favorite, uh, film documentaries kind of ever. I think it's, does such a great job at providing insight, great interviews, super awesome insight. Oh uh, yeah. Love, love watching that. Yeah. Uh, super well put together. I actually got to see, um, I went to the LA premiere of it here. Mm. Um, and they had a lot of the people featured in it That's awesome. um, from Rachel True. Tony Todd was there. Um, I talked to Ken Foray afterwards. Um, I talked awesome. to, um, um, fuck, why am I blanking on his name right now? <laughs> Childs from the thing. Yes. Why am I blanking on his name? I don't have it. Oh, oh. And from they live and from, oh man. Oh, I know you're talking about. Yeah. Uh, not, uh, not Lawrence Fishburne. The, um. <laughs> yeah, I know you're talking about. We might have to edit this part out. Yeah, because I, I need it. Uh, Keith, Keith David. David. Uh, just looked it up. Yeah, Keith David. No, I met Keith David afterwards. Super cool guy. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, 
it, because I, I I told him I was like you know I love all your you know the yeah. films that you're known for yeah I was like but my favorite performance of you is I was like I love your voice performance in Coraline as the cat oh yeah and yeah he really appreciated that he was like I had a lot of fun doing that he's like that was um he's like you know because he's a very prolific voice yeah. actor yeah as I, well it's it's great when I have the oppor- the rare opportunity to like meet an actor in the wild or something like that and compliment something that they're maybe not as known for because Keith David yeah you're gonna have the thing and they live are kind of his his big popular roles but i love to see people's face kind of light up a little bit when you're like hey this movie that you didn't think people gave a shit about i love that movie you know i love you in that movie Mm -hmm. that's a awesome opportunity when that comes up oh yeah they always seem to appreciate it but Mm -hmm. um yeah definitely check out horror noir on shutter if you haven't seen it we're not sponsored by uh, shutter and abby it's on youtube (laughs) and abby abby is on youtube um again it's uh it has like yeah i i feel like it's part of the charm to it like that red tint over it i'm like i wonder if that's in the movie or not but at the same time i'm glad it's here it just looks like it was soaked in like lemon lime gatorade (laughs) yeah I'm, i'm here for it though um but yeah abby is on the sillier side um, I'm glad that um, I feel like we got a good balance yeah. of uh, tones for the movies for this month because that one was the sillier one. Mm-hmm. This one is not silly. Not silly at all. It's not very, s- very serious, not kind, of, silly. kind of dour. Uh, I've, I've seen it twice now and there's a moment or two that I'm just like, oh man, it's just like such a gut punch of a movie. Yeah. So let's go ahead and get into it. Willem Dafoe bring us in. His House released October 30th, 2020. It um, lucked out. It debuted at Sundance in January 2020, you know, pre-pandemic stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, luckily, it was picked up by Netflix for uh, distribution. So, you know, it didn't have to kind of worry about the whole box office thing, and um, which was great for this movie because it got a lot of eyes on it. Um, it was one of those films. Um, it, it has a 100% on Rotten Tomatoes. Um, so on 112 reviews, so like yeah, pretty, so pretty, pretty good. good. Yeah. So, um, a lot of people really liked it and a lot of people got to see it because of Netflix. So, you know, uh, you know, feelings aside of what you think about Netflix, mm-hmm. um, I think it has been really great for a lot of horror films that might not have gotten the audience otherwise. Yeah. Um, so big time here. Remy Weeks, um, is a British director of Nigerian heritage. So he um, has a similar background to the protagonist that we'll see in this film Mm -hmm. about um, immigrants and refugees. Um, This was his debut, um, a feature length debut, um, but he did have a short that came out a few years ago. And I remember when it came out and a lot of people talk about it called The Tickle Monster. I haven't seen that. Um, Check it out. I'll um, I'll show it to you. I'll show it to you after after uh, we record this episode. Stay tuned. (laughs) But um, it's a it's a it's a fun little short. Um, It's basically it's only like three and a half minutes. It's like built around like one scare, but it's uh, done really well. Have to check so it out. Uh, that's um, what kind of got his name talked about. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, uh, if you have not seen this film um, or haven't seen it in a minute, we're going to hit you with our 60 second synopsis. Um, but we are going to get into spoilers as we usually do. So if you have not seen this movie, it's on Netflix. Pause the movie or pause the episode. Go watch the movie right now. Yeah. Come back. Yeah. Come back and see us. Yeah. This is definitely one that I, um, I typically recommend to people. You're talking about Netflix. It's one that people talk about, you know, uh, loving horror and, you know, not uh, maybe as too many sequels or whatever. And this is one that I point to of like, please go check this out. So I'm mm-hmm. pumped to talk about it. Yeah. 
All righty. You ready? I'm ready. I've all had right. the time to, to, to rest up and relax. I'm, I'm all medicated. So let's go. Let's see how I'm doing. All right. 60 seconds on the clock. Three, two, one, go. So you have this husband and wife, and they come from the South Sudan. Uh, now, this area of Africa has recently been ravaged by war. Uh, and in an effort to flee from this country, these this husband and wife maybe do some things that they regret and, and, and make some choices that are kind of impossible in the moment choices. But nonetheless, uh, it has allowed them to escape from their war-torn country and are now looking for a new life in uh, the United Kingdom uh, in the small town in England where they have been provided this small kind of halfway house for them to live in. Uh, they're living in this house that's not very nice, uh, needs a lot of repair and a lot of love, but this is their new home nonetheless. Uh, while they're spending time in this house, they start to learn that there are some things maybe leaking or uh, in, in the walls, maybe under the surface of their house. It could be their past seconds. sins coming back to haunt them and it's all about how they try to wrestle with the past and the decisions that they made while also trying to start a new life i time i did it time i did it you 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 front loaded the beginning there and yeah. then in the last 15 seconds you well had to you, make it. <laughs> you don't want to this is one of those movies that i think really benefits from not knowing too much uh about it and really uh it's it's the setup and i think a lot True. of the, the promise of this movie is not it's not a twist it's not like an m night Shyamalan twist but you're provided certain information at the end that really makes it all come together and you've mm -hmm. kind of been wondering throughout a lot of the movie of like what happened? Like, what really mm -hmm. happened to these people to make them so uh, on edge, which we're, which we're going to talk about. But when you finally get that information, I don't know about you, but I just was like completely walloped, you know? Yeah. So this was my first time watching it. It had been on my watch list for a hot minute. Mm -hmm. It was at the top of that watch list, meaning I added it on there like early on when I started this list. So it's yeah. been there for a second. Um, and it's I've, and it's one of those movies I had to let the hype simmer down a little bit. Sure. Um, because I have a problem with that of mm -hmm. like when a movie is like so hyped up, like I just already yeah. ha like have the expectation. You know? Yeah, it's got a hundred percent on Rotten Tomatoes, which is a pretty bold yeah. claim. You know, a hundred percent. It was like on a lot of people's like you know top ten um, end of the year list yeah. for that year. Yeah. Um, a lot of people were really into it and yeah, I always get skeptical and then, you sure. know, and then the first time I watch it, I'll be like, eh, it wasn't what I wanted and then <laughs> I'll probably, and then I'll usually watch it later and then I'll like it more and, mm -hmm. and we'll see how I feel about that one, uh, about it with this one because, mm -hmm. um, I gave it a three stars overall, three out of five. Yeah. It's like a six and a half out of, uh, 10, closer to a seven than a six. Yeah. Um, I do. I I really like because this is um as as we get into like subgenre stuff. Um, I I like ghost stories quite a bit. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, there's so many different ways you can do ghost stories. Like this is a ghost story, a haunted house film. Um, and ghost stories always seem to connect really well to films about trauma and grief. Yeah, and uh, you know they lend themselves really well to that angle. Mm -hmm. So I like how, you know, once we get like, um, you know, again, not the twist, but the reveal at the end of the movie. Sure. It recontextualizes, you know, what the ghosts of this film truly stand for, mm -hmm. um, which is interesting. 
and and like the idea of you know this is this would definitely go in the haunted house subgenre but this is the but this is the offshoot of that where it's oh no the people are haunted it's not the house yeah yeah um which i always um enjoy those as well Mm -hmm. and i like that this isn't a minimalist subtle ghost movie it's very i'm kind of over i'm kind of over that you Mm -hmm. know if this is a ghost story give me ghosts damn it oh yeah give me all the ghouly spookies they're in this movie they're like front and center in the daylight they're running at people not messing around yeah yeah like at first like you think it's gonna kind of like the first like you know third they kind of do the oh like we're gonna do like sure some tricks with the lights and shadows and like you know we're gonna give you a jump scare too but then after that it's just like now the ghost are just here yeah and this is what we're dealing with mm-hmm. and um and we'll kind of get more into that when um we talk like the the characters sure um but uh i enjoyed the tone of this film um it, it the the pacing it, it it is a little wonky because like you said it is a lot of setup of these characters at the beginning mm-hmm. um to like set them up and then yeah. i feel like the middle of the movie when it is just like kind of hanging out with them a little bit more and like letting them kind of sit with the situation that they're in yeah um does kind of get a little little sleepy for me sure um i remember there was like a point that i was like okay so there's like what only 20 minutes left of this movie and there was still like 45 and i was like oh okay <laughs> even though this is still only a 90 like yeah. three minute movie sure but overall i enjoyed it um, I didn't love it, yeah, per se, but um, the themes definitely spoke to me. The reveal at the end definitely gives me a gave me a oh no, yeah. like that's what it was. Like yeah. damn, that's yeah. fucked up. Yeah. Um. So it did get me in that angle, and um, the score by Roque Banos, um, really good. Yeah. Um, it's <clears> like <throat> it's melancholy and like kind of moody, but like also has the it's like haunting and foreboding but there's like this like little glimmer of hope in it like the way that it uh uses like the strings and stuff um Mm -hmm. so i really enjoyed that and the cinematography this movie looks really good too like great yeah it it looks good the ghosts look good Mm -hmm. so i'll give it that yeah uh for me if we're if we're spitting out ratings for me the first time i saw it i was at a nine out of ten and i watched it again and i'm i still feel the same uh this is one of my favorite netflix original movies um i i think this is a terrific horror movie and it does um it does the thing that a lot of uh other people would call elevated horror where it's spooky but it's also got something to say you know that kind of pretentious term there but uh i think this film does really uh balance both of those ideas really well I think it's really effectively creepy uh, and there's a lot of uh, sound design in this movie that really gets me a lot of imagery that I think is really great um, but it also tells this really horrifying story um, in a less obvious way of these two people who come from this horrible situation who feel like complete strangers in this new environment in this new home around people that mm-hmm. they don't know and 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 they obviously kind of stick out because they look different than those around them so you kind of have the horror of that. And then you also have the horror of these, like your literal demons from your past, like continuing to follow you into this new environment. And you kind of have to reconcile with those before you can continue this new life of the the people that you kind of used in a way and kind of stepped on in order to get you mm-hmm. to where you are. And that idea of survivor's guilt and all that kind of stuff too. 
So you have that, but then you also have this really unique story about uh, refugees and, and immigration, which I think is a, a rare story in horror and not something that we usually get a lot. I think you see that more in mm-hmm. dramas or something like that. Yeah. But to take kind of like a horror angle on that and emphasize the the terror of that this very scary experience, I think is great. Um, I think the cast is also fantastic. Um, mm-hmm. the, the wife character mm-hmm. who I uh, am going to really butcher her name but one me musaku i think is the actress's name uh she does a really terrific job at uh, her, her character's name is rial majeur uh so her character uh rial i think is is really uh, uh brought to life really well and the husband character as well so pay dirisu uh, i think is the gentleman's name uh, i think he's terrific i think they're really wonderful mm-hmm. together have this really great camaraderie and this movie also subverts the horror trope that I hate to where it's the haunted house, but only one person believes that it's happening and mm-hmm. the other person doesn't believe them. This movie subverts that in a really interesting way to where they both know that this is happening, but the husband character is like deliberately choosing not to yeah. like believe in it. He's mm-hmm. like, this is not happening and I'm not going to let it happen. You know, I, I think that that's really interesting and also speaks to their characters. And like you said, yeah, the music's great. We've talked about before of how the music is something that I know like on rewatches so it was great to kind of notice mm-hmm. things like that and uh, I did pick up on the score and it is really unique and is really uh, melancholic but also scary uh This is also a beautifully shot movie. Lots of images that you could just take a screenshot of and kind of hang up on your wall. Um, And I think this movie also does a great job of blending, uh, like, I think um, some CG elements and, like, digital Mm -hmm. elements when they're on the water. I think there's a lot of uh, really great um, compositing uh, just from, like, a digital CG kind of standpoint to make it making it look natural. So, yeah, I think on all fronts, this movie really works for me. It's got the scares. It's got the performances. But it also has this really... Uh, uh, heartbreaking uh, but kind of hopeful story as well and it's all brought to life uh, with everything kind of firing on all cylinders I, I really love this movie yeah I think for me because like there's not a lot of I don't have a lot of issues with the movie mm-hmm. um, aside from like maybe the pacing a little bit sure. and um, I don't know I mean there, yeah. there's some some dynamics um, some of the story stuff that they yeah. do between Real and Bull well, um, this, is, the, this is also a movie that intentionally kind of doles out information a little slower. Mm-hmm. And so on a rewatch or something like that, well, when you watch it for the first time, you're maybe a little bit like, where is this headed? Where where are we going with this? And then when knowing what you know, rewatching it may, like you had said, yeah. you may uh, find it maybe not dragging as much because mm-hmm. you know the end destination. So you're able to kind of see things along the way. Perhaps. Yeah, I, I think it's more for me is like there. I, it didn't have that... Um, that thing that that really like you know speaks to me or pulls me in you know what whatever that may be whether it be like a certain stylistic choice or something in the narrative just didn't have like that that special little thing that i need um which i don't think is any fault of the film i think if anything it you know does kind of speak to like i feel like this movie specifically is one of those films that like you know if you showed this to someone who is an immigrant of some sort especially like if they are a refugee from yeah. some sort of situation like yeah. similar to the one in this film that it's going to hit like so, so much harder for them sure. you know it really will and because it is you know a, a very specific you know situation and trauma that like only 
uh, like that someone like you don't understand it unless you experience it. Yeah. You know, like one of those very specific situations. Mm -hmm. Um, but you know, I still did, you know, very much feel the emotion of this movie. Um, it's, you know, and it's all starts with, um, these two performances, you know, because I mean, the movie is mostly them for most of the film, right. You know, except for, um, uh, Matt Smith that forgot to shave. I've never seen him with like stubble before. It was kind of weird. Yeah, he's looking good. He's looking good. He it's a pleasure. Good, it's and a pleasure he wasn't a complete him. asshole. I no. literally wrote in my notes. I go. I go. Okay. I was like, how totally. long before the reveal of him doing something real dickish? Yeah. Uh, and he's no. I mean, he's you know, he's not the nicest. I mean, he's no. He's pretty nice actually. Yeah. I mean, it's something that's interesting <laughs> about this movie a lot too. Is you have a lot of white characters who could be adversaries, and when you first watch it, you're kind of like, I don't know about you, but when I first watched this movie, I was very nervous for these characters because while they're also dealing with all this stuff, I was so scared that they were going to get deported and kind of go back to this to this area after they sacrificed so much and did and did so much. I was so nervous for their characters, like you said, with that scene where they're shopping and there's that security guard who's kind of just lurking around the corner nothing really comes of that but i was watching it and i was just like oh god like please no and then you have all the people at the office where the the husband character like goes and visits there and is talking about the rat infestation and they're all kind of looking at him weird i was just so terrified for the two of them that they were going to get deported from this Mm -hmm. so that is like a whole another kind of layer of of uh kind of suspense through this movie is you're just like God, I hope nothing horrible happens to these people. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and and here's, you know, something that's interesting, you know, and I feel like this is where, you know, it can kind of speak to um, our different experiences, you know, mm-hmm. is that even though like, yeah, those those parts are played and like, you know, it gets you worried that something might happen that, yeah. that, that they don't. Mm-hmm. And that's where, you know, I think this film is interesting in using various forms of fear you know whether it be like you know like the fear of like you know the supernatural stuff sure. and like the visual aspect but there's so much like social anxiety fear For sure. in this film yeah. like you know like you said like that you know i did you know make a joke about that you know clothing scene but like at the same time for you know i remember scenes of you know like scenes i remember memories like days yeah whenever like me and my friends whenever i was like you know 14 15 and we go to the mall right you know and then like literally just like being watched in a store yeah for not even doing anything you're scared of something that you have not even done yet right and something about that is like extra terrifying like there is like or 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 in the way that like because like a lot of the white characters in this yeah they're not adversaries but then they're also not like i like how they're also not just like the other way either where they're like yeah. the the super yeah i am your white ally totally. friend and yeah i got they're, your they're, back they're, they're, they're passive aggressive enough to where you're like not sure about yeah them, they're you know? very like neutral in the middle of mm-hmm. kind of you know but at the same time like it's a, there's a slight shade of condescension yeah. of like you know the way that they you know a lot of people in the movie they'll use this verbiage of just like you know yeah, be one of the good ones totally you know yeah. they're twice of many of you people yep. like you know there's a lot of that yeah and it's just enough to where it's like yeah like slightly uncomfortable every time For it's sure. like ooh, uh, i didn't like yeah. it, it doesn't feel good yeah but um but the way that they um you know again like portrayed in that like 
that way rather than it having to be either cartoonishly villainous or you know the other way around um i did appreciate and there's like that neighbor character as well who kind of says like you guys might as well leave i'm only trying to help you know so they're being this kind of passive aggressive enough to where you're right they're not this white supremacist character who's yelling slurs at them but they're they're that kind of uh, that the, the 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 way that white people are, you know, uh, yeah. <laughs> to where they they say these kind of things that are just hiding these microaggressions and these and these things that uh are deliberately just kind of alienating these others because they're different from where they come from. And I don't know, maybe the UN or something like that. But you've got those kind of board members at the beginning of this movie who are granting them their kind of uh, asylum, their uh, mm-hmm. periodic asylum, and their the way that they talk with them even is just like you we don't we don't want to engage here and like it's just like just say yes if you understand like we don't need to hear your life story and just kind of dehumanizing them in mm-hmm. a way yeah it's it's yeah you're right it does have that kind of horror of, of everything but then you've also got demons and monsters and witches in your <laughs> in your house yeah. so it's it's got uh twofold which i always appreciate in horror something i always look for in horror is show me uh show me variety a, a variety scares. of villains totally yeah. and and give me some give me multiple things of being scared of other than just ah there's a thing with a loud noise yeah no there's there's something about um the i feel like the effectiveness of the film is like yeah when you're getting opposition from different sources yeah you know it kind of is more well-rounded in the in the fear aspect versus like yeah if like all your scares are coming from jump scares totally then that's the only tension that you get in that film and then what's happening in those in between parts versus here it's like yeah, like in between the ghost stuff, we have the very real human fears that they're dealing with. Totally. Um, and like there's and there's an interesting struggle, you know, for both for both uh, Real and Bowl and then the the white characters where, you know, there's this um, element of the white characters being like, hey, you know, like we're doing you a favor. Oh, totally. You know, like yeah. we are saving you really you condescending are, we're, we're yeah. setting you up with yeah. this like we're giving you this like yeah. don't blow don't, it don't yeah. blow it yeah yeah and, like and then you know which which obviously sucks and then but then and so for real and bowl and their struggle is like you know taking this in and like they know that like that's you know the what the white people are kind of thinking in their mind sure and it's hard for them to you know stomach that you know, to like take that pridefully while still being like, but we do need to accept this help. We do need to do yeah. our best to make the best of this situation, mm-hmm. you know? And, yeah. and that's where the struggle between bowl and real comes in of bowl being like, you know, uh, again, with like, as the information is kind of revealed throughout the end, you know, bowl is like, you know, like what we had to do, what we went through to sure. get here. And, yeah. you know, we're the whole time, you know, just thinking about like, Oh, like, they had that treacherous boat ride and then yeah. there's you know just the uh, escaping their town having to leave their town like right. we're thinking of all that stuff mm-hmm. we're not even thinking about like oh what did they do yeah like themselves to yeah. get here yeah uh, makes it like come towards the end and then real is like you know like is is the situation much better than yeah. you know at least where where we were before back in sudan at least like yeah there's war going on but it was our home like it was our home we felt welcomed and comfortable Mm -hmm. yeah still uh, to a degree 
and then like you know where you have this very humanistic um you know um opposition between them but i like that this movie isn't you know doesn't go far enough to where it like tears them apart sure you know to where there's a point where they get in like a crazy fight that cuts them off for good and then yeah and then they you know get back together in the end like they're 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 stretched apart in this film but never mm-hmm. torn apart like they're yeah. like even when they're at their most tense towards each other mm-hmm. they're still there for each other in the house dealing yeah. with the situation together yeah and you've got kind of like three united fronts of terror like uh you know coming on to them and not only you know does it have a practical standpoint of like yeah it's good to have a variety of different scares happening so it doesn't kind mm-hmm. of have the same flavor but you've got the kind of fear of these uh, passive aggressive condescending white people who could potentially send them back home at like the smallest mistake that they made. But you also have the fear uh, of being in this new environment in this new place and not having any friends. You don't really have that much money and you're in this pretty crappy house, you know, trying to survive in, in this complete uh, completely new place and you're stripped of all of your culture and your family and your friends and you're trying to adapt like there's a great scene where the the husband comes home and and uh, real has made like a dinner for them and it's there's like on a this carpet on the floor uh, this blanket mm-hmm. on the floor and he's wanting to like sit at the dinner table and use silverware trying to like adapt to the new uh, uh you know the, this new culture where she's wanting to sit on the floor and eat with their hands because that's kind of what they've known mm-hmm. so you've got that dynamic and then you have this other side of them literally being chased by their own demons and there's monsters in the wall so that this movie works uh, so well at delivering all of the, all of these different avenues of horror but you're right at the heart of this movie it is the relationship in, between the these two, these uh, two people and all of the things that they've had to go to to acquire this new life and and them desperately wanting to kind of cling to that but also wondering of like did we make the right decision and they're obviously having to process that trauma of like look at all the things that we had to do in order to get to to to, to get to this place and look what's happened to us like look what we're still having to face that horror that we thought we escaped has come with us all this way and that's not mm-hmm. really something that we're able to run away from we have to confront the things that we did which i think is it's so interesting that that's kind of the you know to to jump to the end of the movie that's kind of the resolution of everything mm-hmm. it's not them defeating this creature no. using some magical amulet and saying their name of the crucifix it's not that at all <laughs> it's them literally just confronting it and addressing it and mm-hmm. realizing what they did was wrong and that's you're not going to be able to run from that just because you move to a new place it's a part of your life and there's that really terrific kind of closing shot of this movie to where they're sitting or they're in this new home and they're surrounded by all of those people you know that they uh, were part of their village or or, or, you know, they worked with or were friends or Mm -hmm. whatever. And uh, having that survivor's guilt where you know, the uh, Rial's character was hiding in the uh, the cupboard, you know, uh, where there was that shooting and coming out and mm-hmm. all of her friends that we just met are all dead on the floor, you know, and having that survivor's guilt of that, but then also them actively making certain decisions to to get onto this bus. You know, I, I think it's, it's terrific. Like I said, it paints this really great picture, but it's also terrifying and the characters are so well-defined and their journey that they go on is, is, is crystal clear for me in this movie oh yeah and and where and i feel like the reason it is so clear mm-hmm. is you know to like kind of go into the ghost stuff yeah um i love how in this film like yeah they are 
you know, obviously a little, they're, you know, more spiritual people mm-hmm. in a way that, you know, I, I talked about this when we talked about, um, J horror, mm-hmm. um, here on the pod. And, you know, it, it just a recurring thing I noticed in those films are is like Japanese people just seem to accept, you know, supernatural things easier than Americans do. Sure. Yeah. And I would say it's kind of similar here with them as well as like, mm-hmm. yeah, that we don't need to spend 25, 30 minutes of the film figuring out like what's going on. Sure. Is it a ghost? Is it this? Like, is it that? Yeah. And they're just like, like literally she just like comes out, tells the story about the, the epath. Yeah. And she's like, we are getting haunted by there's an epath here. Yeah. It followed us. It's feeding off, you know, the things that we did. Yeah. Um, there, there are ghosts in the house and like, she literally sure. just spells it all out. Yeah. Like, and we don't need to spend so we can like forego, like again, like the, the mystery angle of it. Like there is no mystery here. Yeah. They know exactly what yeah. is going on, but it's, you know, them struggling emotionally to, mm-hmm. you know, like you said, like to confront what happened, what they yeah. did. And like, cause you know, we have the, the ghost of their, um, quote unquote daughter. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, I'm going to say Naya cause I don't know how to say it. Sure. Name. Yeah, exactly. It's like Nyagak, Nyagak. I don't know. Yeah. The daughter suffices. The daughter, yeah, yeah. the daughter and, um, which the mask design terrifying. Oh yeah. So creepy. Yeah. Like, uh, I, I do want to touch on that cause I think this movie does a great job of incorporating culture, uh, and mm-hmm. incorporating things that might seem kind of mundane to others, but just how these people are in a new environment kind of being terrified by the culture. Uh, you know, you're a white straight white man <laughs> watching this on, on Netflix in his, in his apartment, <laughs> you know, being introduced to like, wait, what is it? It's a witch and it's part of your culture. And you guys just kind of accept this thing and seeing these very tribal mm-hmm. mat, uh, you know, tribal masks, like all of these things are kind of foreign to me, just like how a lot of these, uh, uh, concepts and, and things that they're being uh, are shown are, are foreign to them too. So yeah, the, the, a lot of the creature design in this, I don't know how uh, how engrossed that is in culture because there's like a lot of uh, body painting on on some of these people uh, and the this this the witch character that they have. Yeah, it's it's great how they're able to pinpoint like a specific mm-hmm. kind of tribal thing and like i said they bypass a lot of the bickering between the two of them where she's like oh this is going on and the husband's like no it's not shit like because he kind of knows that it is no yeah Yeah, it's like the the fear is not in that it's happening it's that they know why it's happening yeah and they They know what it means like oh if we're dealing with an apath it's because of this and like yeah and because um you know, the, the Apeth and Rial keep saying to Bull, like, you know, it's because we owe this debt. Sure. You know, we have to repay this debt of what we, you know, did to get here. Right. And again, like, you just kind of think of it as like, oh, they kind of went through this, you know, treacherous road and mm-hmm. it was like, you know, hard in that aspect. Yeah. And... Um, and they, you know, the way that they like kind of peppered in throughout the film is like, you know, we open the film and we see that they have the daughter and they mm-hmm. escape with her. Yeah. And then when they go to the board interview and then after the time has passed. Yeah. Says like, oh, she didn't make it. The the daughter died at some point. Yeah. And we're like, okay. So they lost the daughter. Yeah. And then, but then like as they keep saying stuff and then there was like interesting verbiage of like when Bowles like, you know, like, oh, we can start a family. And he didn't say like start a new family. Yeah. Like 
you know, indicating like, okay, if this is, if you're starting your first family, totally. then yeah. the daughter, okay, maybe it's not your daughter. Yeah, and then like yeah. you, the, the way that they kind of feed those bits mm-hmm. until we get to like the reveal at the end just was like such a gut punch. I was yeah. like, they stole someone else's kid yeah. to be able to escape. And like, I mean, it's again, it's like it, it recontextualizes them mm-hmm. to where, you are, you know, have to look at them in a new empath because you, we've already had empathy for them through the entire movie already. Sure. You know, just because of the refugee situation that they're going yeah. through. Yeah. Yeah. And the escape. We already have empathy for them. Yeah. But then, so this like kind of recontextualize them and, and it's like, you know, are they bad people for doing, you know, making a kind of very human decision yeah. because of like, this is your life or death. Like this is such a, uh, terrifying situation. Like what yeah. would you really do? Like sure. and it kind of stretches you be like, what would you do to, you know, make a better life for yourself? Mm-hmm. And it's like, you know, and like the, the further you can stretch that empathy, right. like the better yeah. that like something like this works. Yeah. And that's like literally the point of the movie is them trying to kind of reconcile with this choice that they make or maybe not the point, but that's kind of the crux of their, their decision in this movie. The hill that they have to go over is them also reconciling with this. So we're kind of with them on this journey as an audience of like, yeah, it is this impossible decision that you're being made in the moment. And it's quite literally life and death, you know, mm-hmm. and is it for us to decide whether they made the right decision? Not, I would say, you know, not really. Um, uh, but the, the, I think the well, important yeah. thing, yeah, obviously stealing someone else's child is not, is not a good thing. Um, <laughs> uh, but in this, in this decision, in the, in this moment, you know, um, I think the more important, uh, uh, the most, most important important kind of question or, or, or thing that we're watching is, is seeing them go on this journey and make this decision for themselves and the movie does a pretty uh, makes a pretty clear point to condemn their actions you know and uh make it seem like they did they did not make the right choice no and and they're having to kind of and deal that's with why we do get the ending yeah. the way it happens of yeah. them like they no they didn't defeat I mean, they defeat the Apeth maybe, but the ghosts are still going to be there. They're still going to be living there no yeah. matter what. Um, yeah. Yeah. So like, this is something that they do just have to accept at this point. Yeah. Um, but um, as far as like the ghosts, um, again, the design was really cool. Like you yeah. said, getting to like kind of mix in um, some of the um, Sudanese culture yeah. in there and with the mythology as well. Yeah. Um, but um, some of the set pieces were um, really interesting. Mm-hmm. The um, you know the way that they use like the lights, but then they use like um, I liked when the house has like various holes in the wall now. Yeah. So then like you would see Ghost Naya like running through the walls and like yeah. popping up in the different holes like a yeah yeah. You've, I, you've, I really you've got that. this. I have this specific thing with uh sound and horror. I, it freaks me out when I hear something like running at you and you can't see it. Like you just hear the footsteps like getting mm-hmm. faster. That freaks me out. And they do that a couple of times in this movie and it mm-hmm. really gets under my skin. But I, yeah, I love the idea of having these, uh, I don't even know what to call them. They're not like not monsters or creatures. Some of them are, I don't know, these things in the wall, uh, you know, kind of poking their head out or you can see kind of the white in their eyes or mm-hmm. see their hands or something like that. So you have that great kind of horror of it, but then you also kind of have the deeper idea of like this house is like, seemingly built by or being supported by you know the the people that they kind of 
sacrificed in a way to get to to where they are now. This house mm. is built like kind of by the dead bodies and the blood of others, you know? Yeah. And, and, and think of all the things that they sacrificed or think of all of the other people who maybe went on a similar journey. Cause they make a point to say of like, yeah, you know, maybe, uh, it, it, there, we have plenty of these types of houses, but they're maybe filled with like five times as many people, you know? So you, you have this sense that this, they're not the only, maybe for their specific journey that they've gone on in regards, in regards to the choice that they made with the daughter. Uh, but they're not alone in this, in this journey. There's lots of other people who are going on a similar kind of uh, path that they are. But yeah, the the, the things on the wall and then they're poking their little hands out and all the, that kind of the, stuff. The footprints yeah. on the ground. Totally. Was, yeah. Uh, was really cool. Yeah. It's, it's really overt. Like they don't really... They like yeah, and initially kind of early on they pull their punches a little bit, but it really gets to the point. And you get the sense that this witch character is not trying to, uh, not trying to hide at all. Mm. Yeah, the apath is definitely not playing around. Mm-hmm. Um, the ghosts definitely do have, um, yeah, this urge to be seen. Um, I think that's interesting mm-hmm. that you phrase it that way because it is like, you know, these. Um, people that they are feeling these, you know, this guilt for, yeah. um, for the things that they did to get to that situation. Mm-hmm. Um, so it does make like the way that the ghosts reveal themselves, you know, um, makes sense to the, the story element of, yeah. um, them just needing to acknowledge, you know, totally. what, you know, what they did, what happened. Yeah. And it's, it's. Uh, a lot of haunted house films I think can fall in the trap of like conjuring movies can do it a little bit to where they follow a similar format to where the scares just get progressively more intense or initially it's like the paranormal activities movies do it probably the most where it's like, yeah, it's initially it's a it cabinet. starts off as like literally a door moving totally. and then by yeah. the end of the movie. It's just like there are creatures in your face. Yeah. And this movie does that to a degree, but for the most part, it's like, it's pretty overt to where early on the husband and the wife both know what's happening because they've seen these things. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yeah, it is very clear that this this witch character is trying to make a point that it's it's obvious that it's we're here and you need to address this. We're not hiding. We're not trying to to mess around. I think the this this they're trying to get the, these two to the to the lowest point to where they have they can't not address these things. You know, because it's it's so overt, so in your face that you can't just let it slide. You have to address it. and You have to kind of atone for what you did in a way. Yeah, and I, and not only the I, I like not only the visual aspect of the ghosts as well. I like um, the use of the sound design that they do mm-hmm. with um you know the distant whispering yeah. that you like can hear in the background. Yeah, and um distinctly, what makes it even more ominous is um whenever the whispers are in their language. Yeah. Um, of Dinka, and that mm-hmm. is like the language of um, one of the tribes in South Sudan. Sure. And something that's interesting throughout the movie is um, I like, I've seen this in other movies too, where whenever they speak in Dinka, they don't translate it for mm-hmm. you, you yeah. know, um, to give you that outsider, you know, yeah. perspective of yeah. like, oh, we're the one, we're totally. the outsiders now, yeah. which because is, we're yeah. not listening in on what that conversation yeah. is. Similar to the to the masks and this witch kind of creature, mm-hmm. where as an audience, we in a way are made to maybe feel like uh, an outsider or or foreign and to the to all of these kind of concepts and idea in the language. Yeah, that's a that's a great point. Yeah. yeah. So like, whenever the ghosts are like whispering in their language and we don't know what 
it's saying yeah that makes it even like scarier of like oh like what is you yeah know, what are the ghosts saying to them yeah. yeah um that we don't know about sure um, and it would be interesting to like if there was a version to be able to like watch this and like know what they um said like in sure. the various points throughout the film totally um when they're not speaking english i feel like that would be um super interesting definitely um but the and it, but we got to talk about the the apeth itself mm-hmm. um played by um the um javier, superstar yeah. of the monster world um yeah. javier botet been so many different um monsters throughout his career yeah yeah i think uh we, we were talking a little bit off air uh what a sweet gig because doug jones has it too mm-hmm. like just to be like a tall linky creepy looking dude and just to be playing creepy looking people yeah that would be super fun it's like do you have to learn a lot of lines not necessarily you just have to sit in the makeup chair for maybe a while uh yeah. then you show up on set looking pretty creepy and then that's that's it you know and maybe you'll be back for a sequel if it's like the they have uh the he played the the crooked man and the conjuring so maybe if you do a good enough job you'll get a sequel so i imagine that that's uh, a lot of fun to just <laughs> be yeah. scary for a living I, that's great <laughs> yeah he's been um the main he was uh the main ghost in crimson peak yeah um in um it was also in uh the scary school uh, scary stories to tell in the dark movie yeah, it as well um, yeah. yeah and i see because everybody always asks like oh do you act at all and i'm like no i i would never want to act yeah except Doing, if i yeah. was acting like Just a creature yeah, yeah all the time that'd be fun i mean i have the body for it <laughs> i think if i limber up you know and like because like there is something interesting that like when they come up with like these like you know creature performances and stuff yeah they they're not learning lines per se but like they're like you know they practice yeah they practice like what what the movement's gonna be like how do they walk how do they um do stuff yeah um and i do always find that like super fascinating like him like yeah javier bartet or uh doug jones or um uh what's um the gal from the nun. I was just thinking um, the she, same thing. She does a she does a bunch of them as well. Yeah, she is a a, a horrifying like uh, Bonnie Aaron. Bonnie Aaron. Yeah. yeah, she yeah she's uh, she's also in uh, Mulholland Drive. She's like the the homeless lady. But yeah, she is uh, she was uh, also great and uh, uh, Jacob's wife, uh, which yeah came out, yeah uh, she last plays year. the yeah. the Nosferatu type. Yeah, she vampire. she she Terrifying. also does a, a great job. She's just a spooky looking person. <laughs> yeah, um, um, but yeah, I I think for myself. Um, the the witch character uh that's where like the nine for me comes in because that's it's a little it's not my favorite part of the movie i think this movie does such a great job of dealing also with with the horror but also balancing the metaphor of it all and that gets a little too obvious for my for my liking to where they're literally have to kind of fight this creature i do love like the kind of folklore of it i like that but when it you know, is literally like on top of the guy and they have to like slit its throat and everything like that. Gets a little too over the top for myself. Uh, I do like the look of the monster. And there's a scene where uh, they're kind of having this dream sequence kind of thing. And 
the the husband is looking at him and he's kind of concealed in shadows love that that's except great. for his eyes really yeah, yeah the... really creepy but mm-hmm. when he's in the kitchen kind of like on top of him it, it gets a little it gets a little over the top for me not to say that he, uh, he does a bad job portraying this character i just kind of prefer he's in the shadows yeah. and you just see the eyes because i mean it's really creepy i'll say at least they were pretty restrained throughout most of the movie of, yeah like they really saved it until this scene to like kind of go all out with it yeah and yeah, yeah it, maybe a little bit much um just yeah. because the movie felt so quiet this whole time yeah. so to have this like sudden burst yeah i think that's precisely why like, they do show a lot of restraint so when yeah. it does happen at the end yeah, it so feels like a lot you know yeah. yeah um but but what i also love is like not only um i will say the the look it looked a little bit too much like the one um of uh, the the spooky the spooky toe sucking guy in Gerald's game. Oh, the yeah, the the, the Moon Man or the, <laughs> the Dark moon man, man or yeah. whatever, the uh, Lunar Man or whatever. Looks the a little too yeah. much like the Moon Man. Yeah, but um, I will say though, Cornell John as the voice of the Apeth though, yeah. Yeah. so good. All yeah. the all the moments of them of the Apeth talking to the characters because right, it's really cool that the Apeth is going after both of them but in different ways. Yeah. Like, but like, he's really going to Real being like, Hey, help me, help me get your boy. And then yeah. you can, you know, I'll give you what you want. Yeah. Cause then, he's kind of the one that you know, perpetrated a lot of the, he's, yes. he's picked up the kid and said, this is my daughter. So, you know, he's kind of, <laughs> it makes sense why he's the target in a way. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, but so the apeth is like kind of target him in different ways, whispering sweet nothings to them. Yeah. Um, I'm always, I'm all for that. Give yeah. me a creepy voice talking sure. off screen. And I'm usually a happy guy. Yeah. Um, and the the voice was just really good. Mm-hmm. Had some uh, really good lines. Take this knife and open your flesh. Um, really cool. I like uh, just the hands from the shadow pushing a knife out, holding oh, yeah. a knife out to him. Yeah. Uh, from the shadows. Really cool. Yeah. Um, I just thought they, they did a lot of really interesting stuff with um, the the witch visually, mm-hmm. but then also the way that they used it for the story as well. Yeah, it's got that great kind of one-two punch to it to where uh, I think a lot of other, you know, films and, you know, this film's peers uh, can just have a creepy guy like the, the you know, the Crooked Man. It's like, yeah, he's, he's creepy looking, but he's just there to be creepy and there's not really any of that kind of narrative purpose. They're just yeah. there to be spooky to where this there is that kind of deeper narrative weight to the character as mm-hmm. well as also just being not pleasant to look at you know the guy's like missing a nose got these really sunken and glowing eyes it's just that yeah, no good there, yeah yeah him and him and the the midnight man or whatever i think it's the midnight man i i, 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 I feel know like it was the moon man is I it the like, moon i feel man? like yeah. i feel like moon is in it the Mo- moonlight man <laughs> i think that's what it is the moonlight man yeah because uh yeah the, that guy also freaks me out he's more just like a normal looking guy like i could see him on the street and be like that's the scariest person i've ever seen this guy's like a straight up demon so yeah i maybe maybe that's like the don't do drugs version like pre-version of him and then now the his house is like he's been he's been smoking the pipe for a little bit uh but yeah the both super uh, tall lanky bald creepy motherfuckers you know all for it um yeah definitely a a highlight of the film for me um do you got anything else that you want? You know, I don't really have a, a lot else of uh, uh, to, to say about this movie other than, you know, if you guys haven't seen it and you're at this point in the, the podcast, sorry to spoil it for you, but, you know, you guys really should dive on into this. And if you have seen it, I think you'll see how 
thoughtful this movie is, uh, how uh, rich it is, and, and telling uh, this, this this is one of the reasons why I picked this movie is is telling this unique story mm-hmm. and one that I don't think is is told a lot through horror and is mostly kind of reserved yeah. for for dramas or even like gangster movies like the godfather yeah, or something yeah, like yeah. that where that's primarily where we see the story of of of, uh, of immigration but to be to to capitalize on the kind of the the terror and the and the uncertainty of being in a new environment while also dealing with a lot of these other things for the characters uh and then also just being like a straight up creepy haunted house movie this movie really works for me on all fronts performances are great directions really reserved and creepy uh music's great it's a beautiful looking movie yeah that's it stands up as, as one of my favorite netflix original films for sure yeah, it's um it, it is really good. It does a lot of stuff really well and like yeah, the story is very specific and personal, mm-hmm. you know, and um to be able to um you know, tell that story like there there was I remember there was another scene that like really kind of got me in a very personal way that I know only certain people would. Yeah. And it's uh the scene when Rial is um trying to get directions and oh, um, yeah. she goes up to the three yeah. little hoodlum kids and yeah. she assumes because they're three black kids that they're going to be nice to sure. her and like yeah. they'll help her out. At mm-hmm. first, she even tries to speak their her language thinking they're also refugees, yeah. which they're not. Yeah. And they're English kids. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, they start fucking with her. Yeah. And they're they're messing with her and then like telling her like, you know, stop speaking that language, English sure. only. Sure. And it's like kind of this like shell shock moment of, mm-hmm. you know, like. I've been in like a situation, you know, of being a, a color, uh, someone of um, mixed race yeah. of where it's like, yeah, I've been in a situation where it's like you can be in one part of a neighborhood and like speak to a white person and have, you know, like uh, an issue and like kind of like have like negative um, negativity towards you. Sure. But then like I've also been in the situation that's like, OK, you go from a white person, then you go to some black kids that also do the same thing because now because i'm also because i'm light-skinned so i'm not the same as them so then they also berate me as well right and it's like damn like that's like very frustrating so like the fact that she stumbled across like you know black english kids is like kind of that same yeah that kind of same thing so it's like there's very um specific and personal fears that like if you know again like if you are someone that is um you know a refugee an immigrant that has experienced some of these real life terrors, like, you know, amplifying it with the ghost story aspect. Um, it definitely works really well as far. And, and, you know, there's not as many fish out of water kind of stories in horror in general. Yeah. I feel like that, that horror does lend itself well to those kind of stories because those are stories that already have like a terror already baked in and then add on literal horror on top of it. Um, we definitely should get more of those. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, any kind of uh, horror that offers a unique perspective, even playing in a f- familiar kind of sandbox of, oh, it's a haunted house story. We've seen plenty of those. But to see uh, kind of a, a new take on it uh, and and have also this social anxiety, a scene that I was thinking of is uh, when the husband is, is walking and there's that guy he says, hey, you're one of those refugees, aren't you? He's like, oh, come on in. I've got something for you. And I was just like, oh, God, no, no. And then he's like, gives him a toothpaste 
waste and, and you know, yeah, and, like, of, a, and they're like watching soccer, you know, like there's that whole thing where like, you know, just the social anxiety of just please be nice, you know? <laughs> yes, uh, definitely. Um, uh, loved, um, dear Sue's acting in that scene too. He's yeah. like so awkward and cute, like trying to sing along with yeah. the soccer song. Um, he, he was also in, um, silent night from earlier this year. Oh, cool. Yeah. Um, did you see that one? The horror Christmas yeah. one? Yeah, I did. Yeah. He was, uh, uh James. Yeah. Uh, I, I, like undercase horror. I watched that movie. Funny story about that to get like a little detour here. It was like around Christmas time and I think I had COVID and I was like watching, uh, just like horror Christmas movies. I think that's what it was. I think it was on Christmas mm-hmm. and I was like, I've, you know, watched Home Alone. It's a Wonderful Life, all that kind of stuff. Let me, let me uh, turn on a horror, a Christmas horror movie. And I, I watched Black Christmas, the original, cause I'd never seen it. And then after that i put on silent night because i was like oh this is like a fun christmas horror movie because i had no idea what it was turned out it's like the most fucking depressing (laughs) movie that i've ever seen just a huge downer also it's it's pretty funny but yeah uh uh, definitely uh uh, it's good to see him in that too but wow you think this is a downer that one is just like so really so if you see so if you see this guy pop up in a movie you are not gonna have a good time huge bummer it's gonna be a bummer big frowny face the entire time <laughs> yeah like uh his his acting like some of the scenes that like he has some like early on emotional scenes that really like set the emotional tone for the movie yeah of like him showing this like pain and anguish right um last thing i'll leave on is um i know i shouldn't have laughed at this part sure it, it was meant to be like definitely like not funny but to me it was funny where bowl is kind of in one of those like trance like states he's yes. like kind of having like a flashback like type deal and he's like getting traumatized about when he pees his pants and a pet <laughs> makes him piss himself that's <laughs> a savage man yeah he's a savage takes no prisoners yeah that, that made me laugh his i was like new like jc penny pants too like that's that's tough yeah Just, real looked down at him and was like oh man that's when she guy. thought about leaving him she's like i'm you know i'm gonna stab this guy in the thigh with a screwdriver because <laughs> what a fool what a fool yeah yeah, a path, you savage, you. <laughs> to wrap up our thoughts on his house, we're going to hop in to our last segment of the show, which is our movie math, where we're going to have some recommendations of, um, you know, some things that we see um, within his house. Um, that may have influenced it or that his house might have influenced itself or who knows. Um, Garrett, what are your um, movie math picks for this? So my movie math picks are two movies uh, uh, that are, don't have a lot in common. But when you when you put them together, I think you kind of get this unique story that his house has to offer. Uh, and the first one is, is titled Black Girl. Uh, it's from 1966. Uh, and it, the reason I chose it uh, is because you have this young girl who is from Senegal, who is an immigrant in France, and she works for this kind of wealthy family as a servant. Uh, it's a really tragic, uh, sad story about this person who feels completely foreign in this in this area. And you also have that passive aggressive condescension that we talked about in this movie of these white people who maybe aren't overtly like in a white supremacist kind of way racist, mm-hmm. but in like the 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 condescending white people way. You know how white people are. Yeah. Uh, 
so you have uh, that angle of it, but then I also threw in Sinister in there to where you have this this new uh, environment that you're in, this new house, but also this really creepy, uh, you got creepy kids in both of these. Uh, but I think in the, the flavor of horror that this has is similar to Sinister. You kind of have that reserved sense to it, but then towards the end gets a little bit more supernatural and you kind of have that mythic kind of boogeyman figure that you can point to. So I think you throw both of these movies that don't really have that much in common, throw them both uh, in a little stew, and I think you get something similar to his house, which does feel really unique and, and singular, uh, singular on its own. So yeah, um, I have not seen I have not seen Black Girl. Um, I definitely I haven't seen a lot of movies from the '60s. I need to watch more. Yeah, it's a it's a it's 60s. a Criterion one, maybe on HBO Max or something like that. It's like an hour. It's really really short, but oh, okay. it's really really tragic and and really sad. Yeah. But I do love Sinister. Sinister is one of my favorites. Yeah, we will it's definitely great. Um, be chatting about it. Yeah, and Scott Derrickson. Got, he's got a new movie coming out. Scott Derrickson, The Black Phone. Oh, let's do a found footage month for oh. that month. Oh man, that's gonna be tough because do- <laughs> it's one of my least favorite horror genres. So get get oh. prepared. <laughs> well, then we're gonna we're gonna convert you, damn it, because it's one of my favorites. It's one of my favorite uh, subgenres. So that's I feel great. like that'll be a fun one um, to see if. We can convert you to the found. Sinister footage, doesn't so. count though, because that's like it's that's su- that's it's like a, it's a literally it's found a pseudo footage. found yeah. footage. Yeah, it's and found footage include. by like definition, you know, in the truest sense of the word, it is found footage. Well, and that's <laughs> and I think that's what I want to do because we've done a found footage month. Yeah. Uh, for the pod already and it was like more a lot of like straight up found footage right so i think that would be a fun angle what to do found footage again it's like yeah stretching it more like more of the unconventional found footage sure like some more of maybe the the technology based ones as well the searching or, um, or uh, but but yeah. sinister is a pseudo found footage okay i will say (laughs) um it's integral to the plot yes yes it is no argument there so i i'll I'll take it because i would say eight millimeter you can put in that category as well that's true that's true yeah um so we will maybe talk about that in the summer maybe i love i love sinister as also a new age uh ghost story as well totally i'm putting some different spins on it so i can see that Mm mm-hmm um, my two picks are films that are actually pretty similar to each other, mm-hmm. um, but in kind of different ways. Um, first one be um, Kevin Bacon's Stir of Echoes, mm-hmm. um, which if you haven't watched that in a while, you definitely should. Yeah. It's really good. Yeah. Um, one of, you know, it came out in the late 90s. It was either 98 or 99 mm-hmm. um, and kind of flew under the radar. And um, it's really good. It's um, Kevin Bacon is like kind of being haunted uh, in his house and he's trying to solve this mystery and like you yeah. know him it's on the mystery figuring out how he's connected to it and what role he played into the whole grand scheme of things and why he's the one that's dealing with it right um uh, the the way that it interweaves the the ghost um ghosty stuff um feels very similar to this one because it, it's like the yeah the um ghosts are like not like the ghost like as the film goes on you see the ghost a lot more like because like it is the yeah. ghost wanting to be seen wanting their story yeah, and their for mystery a, a to narrative be solved. reason yeah yeah you know so um and it's really good kevin bacon um is all paranoid and yeah. um he's in full dilf mode in this movie <laughs> um great great little great little ghost story movie yeah and then i would combine it with um a slightly more recent film vivarium mm-hmm 
Um, the Jesse Eisenberg Imogen puts movie yeah. and that movie is yep. more sci-fi leaning, mm-hmm. but in the way of being put in this house and, um, you know, dealing with this, this environment, this very specific environment that just automatically feels unsafe, uncomfortable. Right. And, um, and then there's obviously something, you know, something more to it and, the the environment kind of making you appreciate what you had before but mm-hmm. definitely not in this context because i still don't think they would appreciate you know their <laughs> war-torn village but who knows yeah um yeah. but um and but just uh vivarium though in the dynamic between the the couple yeah um it very much kind of feels similar in that way of um them both being they're both dealing with their own set of issues separately, but then also the issue together and yeah. then also the issue between each other as well. Yeah. Um, kind of the way that's hitting them in various ways. Um, I would kind of, uh, compare to this and also in the child connection, but in reverse fashion. Uh, yeah. Like, like you said, stir of echoes has that, that element of, of mystery and, and horror and in the supernatural where you're as an audience member, you're wondering why this is all happening. And then you learn the narrative importance of, of these, of these, uh, of these horrors and that the reason that they're happening is because they want to be addressed and they want to be, to be recognized. And then you have Varium, the fear of being in this new environment, thinking that you're maybe getting something that you're not, but also kind of the, weird sanitized homes that they move into yeah. uh, and similar with this is how they, well, they this is the opposite the yeah but still they <laughs> dirty think, ass they think house that, that they're they going into. to be moving into this idyllic neighborhood and then they move into this place that's like an actual nightmare and it's all mm-hmm. all built on lies <laughs> yeah oh my goodness what do you ha- yes do you chime in <laughs> and and <laughs> I mean, I think it's just inevitable. You you guys hear some demon sounds in there. It's whatever. But also Stir of Echoes and Vivarium, both films feature the male protagonist destroying the house in some fashion as well. (laughs) Also demolishing uh, houses with various tools. There's there's something uh, to that amongst all these films. Um, But yeah, so definitely check all those films out if you have not seen them couple of those we might talk about in future episodes i would join you but i'm getting attacked by a small dog <laughs> like i don't know what it is garrett there's something something to you that he just you put him in a frenzy we're pals we're pals he, he know we understand each other oh yeah they understand you know dogs understand when it's good animal people maybe it's uh maybe it's my cat maybe that's why and he probably just wants to attack me yeah probably could be it could be it, could be it. but um but yeah so um, we do not know what we're going to be talking about for next episode yet because I was kind of holding out for a guest and then didn't happen. So now I'm trying to figure out, find another guest. Yeah. So who knows what we'll be talking about. Is it still February next episode or are you in, yeah. Are you in March? Yeah, we okay. got one more. Yeah. yeah, we got one more and then um, and we will figure out what we're going to be doing for March as yeah. well. we'll hey, have a if, new if it's just you and me, we'll figure it out too. You know, oh, we've yeah. got plenty of ideas. But um, definitely um, excited for one more week of digging into some Black Horse Cinema. That's right. Um, and yeah, have enjoyed this um, ride so far. And again, like kind of getting a good variety of, um, you know, we, we mainly had a silly goose time last episode. So I'm glad yeah. we actually uh, got to talk about 
awesome. Maybe we'll go back to um, silly gooseness. And, and we might with that. just bounce yeah. back to silly gooseness. That's but right. I appreciate having some uh, some uh, nice real talk on this one. That's right. I, I do appreciate that. Um, but Garrett, where can uh, the people find you on social media? Uh, you can find me on Twitter, YouTube, Letterboxd, wherever Garrett's are sold, at Garrett McDowell. Um, I'm having a new uh, review out hopefully today. Do I talk about death on the Nile? Uh, also got another podcast uh, called Scum and Villainy Podcast talking about Star Wars stuff. Got plenty of stuff talking about uh, on that neck of the woods. New episode just came out today. Well, as today of, as of recording. So new episodes every Friday. Uh, but yeah, talking movies pretty much everywhere. You can always find me there at one of those places. Yeah. Um, make sure you are subscribed to Garrett's YouTube channel if you are not because he does uh, really good work on oh, there. Appreciate it, buddy. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean that. I mean that. <laughs> um, you can find me on the social medias at underscore daddy disco i host another podcast breaking waves for the beta wave tv youtube channel where we interview um various artists in la and also talk about other music related things so if you want to hear some music talk you can find me doing that and um you can also find me on various episodes of pod and the pendulum podcast um they kind of have like a rotating panel now of uh guests that come in so i've uh been i've talked child's play one and two on that podcast so if you want to hear some uh, thoughts about that go over there and last but not least if you are listening on apple Podcasts or spotify make sure you are rating us five stars so that way we can uh you know invade some other people's podcast feeds that's right we're taking over we're trying to <laughs> we're, we're doing it okay we're gonna take over <laughs> No prisoners. <laughs> no prisoners. Um, uh, and, you know, it would definitely, it does help the show out a lot. So would appreciate if you did that. But that's going to go ahead and do it for this week's episode of the Blade Blunt Cinema Club. New episodes drop every Tuesday. Make sure you are following us on social media at Bloody Blunts Pod on Twitter and Instagram. And until next time, guys, stay lifted. <laughs>